This morning, I get to continue a series that we started uh, a couple of weeks ago that we're calling Verified. And uh, in this series, we're asking the question, what do we believe that heaven is inviting us to do a little bit better this year? What do we believe heaven is inviting us as a church to do a little bit better this year? The answer to that question is very simple for us, but not necessarily easy. What we believe heaven is inviting us to do, and we'll put it up on the screens, is to know the person of Jesus a little more personally this year. If we can get to the end of the year and each of us can say, I bought in to that. I said yes to that. And I took steps to get to know Jesus just a little bit more personally this year. We believe heaven will be smiling and our souls will be soaring. And even though we don't maybe do all of the other things we hoped to do this year. If we can do that, we believe that we will have accepted heaven's great invitation. John chapter 17 verse 3. We'll put it on the screen so you can see it. This is Jesus speaking. Now this is eternal life. Now this is life full and forever. In essence, this is what salvation is all about. Not so much that you get to go to heaven when you die. Not so much that you get to escape going to hell after you die. Not so much that your behavior gets fixed and you start doing all of the right things while you live here on earth. This is eternal life, he says, relationship. That they would know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's eternal life. That they would know Jesus more personally. The word to know here is a word that transports us way beyond the realm of information. And into the place of intimacy. It's a word that means to become acquainted with someone more personally and experientially. And we believe heaven is inviting us to move into this space where we get to know and experience Jesus a little bit more personally this year. So once we've all determined we're in on heaven's invitation. Right? I mean, once we all say, yep, we want to know Jesus a little bit more personally, and I'm just praying that that will be true in this church family. Once we've determined Jesus is worth knowing, and we decide we're going to come after him, what does that look like? Where do we begin this quest to know Jesus a little bit more personally? And um, man, let me just tell you right now, this morning is going to be almost offensively practical and simple for you deep folks. Um, because I want my teens to understand and live this. And I want all of us to do more than just say cool idea, cool sermon, but to actually live it. And so this is going to be very practical. What does it look like for us to actually start moving towards knowing Jesus a little bit more personally? And today we want to talk about the simple fact that we've got to talk to Jesus often. Luke chapter 18 verse 1. 
Then Jesus told his disciples a parable. We're not going to look at the parable, the story, but we want to see what he says. He told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Jesus told them a story to help bake into their beings this principle for followers. Whatever you do, don't ever quit praying. It's one of my followers, prayer should be a consistent part of your life and nothing should ever cause you to give up on it. If we're going to say yes to heaven's invitation to know Jesus a little bit more personally, a little bit more experientially this year, we're going to have to be a people who learn the practice of perpetual prayer. And, and here's why. Because contrary to some of the things I believed growing up in and around the church, prayer is conversation. Prayer by definition is conversation. Um, to pray is to have a conversation with God. To have a conversation with Jesus, to pray is to have this back and forth, this give and take. It's to have this cafe and convo with the person of Jesus Christ. That is a game-changing revelation that we cannot afford to just race by. To pray is to have a personal conversation with the person of Jesus. Now just think for a moment how much sense that makes practically. Show me somebody that you are close to personally and I will show you somebody that you've had a lot of conversations with. Show me somebody that you are close to personally and I'll show you somebody with whom you share, man, a long thread of text exchanges. A super snap streak that you have with this particular individual. Show me someone you're close to. I'll show you somebody you pick up the phone and you've had many conversations over the phone if you roll old school like that. And if you roll older school, I'll show you somebody who you've exchanged your pen pal and you've written some letters and some notes back and forth over and over. I'll show you that roommate you've had late night deep talks with for a season of time. Show me someone you are personally close to and I will show you somebody you've had a lot of conversations with. I'm just telling you, if we have any intention of getting to know Jesus a little bit more personally this year, we are going to have to learn to talk with him, to have conversation with him. We're going to learn to be a people of prayer because prayer is conversation. And without conversation, you cannot become close to somebody. And I'm talking about conversation here. I'm not talking about proximity. Because some of you have roommates that you're not particularly close to. Oh, you share a space, there's some proximity there, and you try really hard not to murder each other in the middle of the night. And oh, maybe you say some things at each other, but you don't have 
personal conversation. And even though you share space, you are not necessarily close. Just because you live in a house with your kids does not mean that you're personally close with them. There needs to be back and forth conversation, which makes the teen years tricky, boy. Because, man, you can do as much forth as you want. Doesn't mean anything's coming back. Or, as a parent, I'm so busy trying to convince my kids, you've got to talk to me more. You've got to tell me more stuff that I lose sight of the fact that I don't actually share anything that's going on in my life. It's not conversation. I'm inviting them to just give me one more report. Even though we live in the same house, I don't have to tell you that just because they're married couples and they live in the same house doesn't mean that they're personally close. Because it's not about proximity, it's about conversation. Right? You can sit next to each other on a couch for years, just scrolling and scrolling. And never be close. You can sit on the couch Netflixing and even chilling. But if there are no conversations happening, you are not going to be personally close. I'm just trying to tell you, being in church is great. I'm so glad you're here. It's so good to see you. You look fantastic. But that's proximity. Just because you're in And or around the presence of Jesus doesn't mean you're personally close. That's not what heaven's invitation is. Just because Jesus is always near you doesn't mean you're close. If you're a follower of Jesus, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But that's proximity. Just because he's near you doesn't mean that you are personally close. The question is not are you roommates. The question is are you friends? Prayer is not proximity to Jesus. It's a personal conversation with Jesus that fosters closeness with him. You cannot get to know Jesus a little bit more personally this year if you are not having conversations with him. Not about proximity. Oh, and also, while we're at it, it's not about history. It's about conversation. To know Jesus a little bit more personally is a present tense thing. Uh, A few um, weeks ago, I drove about an hour and a half west um, to Valparaiso to to meet some of my best friends from college for dinner. Man, these are my boys. These dudes stood in my wedding. We've been through wars together, you know. Uh, In our little friend group, there's been divorce and there's been death already. We've gone through some difficult things. Um, as we were sitting there catching up, I found myself continually saying, huh? What? When? Wait, when? When did that happen? Right? As they were updating me, I found myself saying, oh, that's right. You got remarried. What's your wife's name? Because uh, I've never met her and I actually don't know um, her name. Um, and it started to occur to me that we share a lot of history 
But we're not personally close. Because as much as we have in the history banks, we are not having a lot of personal conversations right now. And as much as I want to say, these are my boys. These are my clothes. We've not maintained close conversations. And so we can reminisce, we can catch up, but in the absence of regular conversation, we're just not that close anymore. I was thinking about my dad recently. I love that man. Uh, I would do anything for him. But the reality is we're not that close right now. Why not? Well, it turns out I'm a terrible communicator and I'm a subpar son. And so I just don't do a good job having a lot of conversations with him. And I don't need to tell you, but we have some serious history, me and my dad. We go way back. But even though we share blood and history doesn't necessarily mean that we're personally close. I'm just trying to tell you that some of us can tell stories about how you you used to play catch with Jesus and spend all of this time with him when you were a baby Christian. You can tell me about how no, his blood runs through my veins. That may be true. You guys go way back. You may talk about how you've been through wars with Jesus in 2020. But the question is not about history. The question is about conversation. Are you having conversation with the person of Jesus now? For some of us, we are still living off of the fumes of our past closeness. Heaven is not inviting us to have had been close at one point. Heaven is inviting us. To move towards closeness with Jesus today. It's about closeness. It's about conversation. It's not about nostalgia. It's about right now. Right now, I don't know. We'll come up with a word. We'll figure it out. What does it look like for you right now? Because prayer is conversation. And you cannot grow to know Jesus more personally this year. Unless you have conversation with him. And prayer is conversation. I think in the church, um, we talk so often about prayer, the discipline. I I did it. I filed my report. Right? I mean, that's how we often talk about it. And we lose sight of the fact that prayer is a conversation. Listen, I want this to seep into our systems. No, prayer is talking to Jesus as a means of getting to know him a little bit better. Which turns out is the essence of eternal Life, Come on, are you in on having more conversation with Jesus this year? It's how we get to accept heaven's invitation and experience eternal life more deeply. So assuming everybody says yes. Speak now forever, hold your peace. 
Yes. Okay, good. Um, where do we start with this? Again, this may be offensively simple to you deep folk. How do I grow to, to pray more? How, how do I grow to have more conversation with Jesus this year? Here's some recommendations. Recommendation number one. Set a time. Set a time. Always make sure you make time for what matters most. Set a time. Please hear me. Do not find time to pray this year. Don't do that. Make time to pray this year. Finding time is that thing we say to each other, like we should find some time to get together, right? And we just punt and punt and punt. And then three years later, it's like, oh, that's right, man. We really should. But it doesn't happen. Don't find time to have a conversation with Jesus. Set a time. Always make sure you make space for what matters most. Do not leave prayer to chance this year. Don't just hope it happens. Make sure you make time for what matters most. And knowing Jesus matters most. Um, I remember when my wife and I uh, first got married and people would tell us some really ridiculous things. Uh, one of the things people would tell us was, uh, now y'all... Uh, make sure that you, <laughs> you plan regular date nights. And uh, I remember hearing that and I just, uh, I, I rolled my inner eyes at that. And I just hardcore judged their marriage, right? And inside I'm looking at these people and I'm like, man, I'm so sorry that your marriage doesn't have the same kind of passion that our marriage has and it requires you to have to schedule date nights we are newlyweds men every day is a date day every night is a date night right and so there was this thing in me that was very very cynical that was like i'm sorry that y'all run out of fire maybe we should be the ones who give you some counsel on your marriage and planning dates just feels unromantic for those people who've lost their fervor and their love for us our magical honeymoon feelings will always carry us to each other and we will perpetually find each other and we will connect at a deep level and the trajectory of our closeness will ever be increasing praise the lord right <laughs> that was my belief Flash forward a few years, throw in a couple of babies and some work responsibilities. And our marriage turned into this massive game of Marco Polo. Where are you? Why? Why? Are, hello? 
Where'd you go? You know, and we're ships in the night. We're missing each other, high-fiving as she goes here and I go there. And I'm like, why aren't we connected? What are you doing? And I start putting thought bubbles over her head. Like, what, what are, you, are, you, are you leaving? Like, are you doing something? And it just became this real, like, oh, this is real. So anyway, <laughs> we, uh, we planned and we set Monday is date day. It's just the way it is. It's on the weekly schedule. Now, we might have 50 meaningful conversations in a given week, but we probably will not. Monday makes sure we don't leave connection to chance. We want to make sure there's at least a sacred moment that's carved out in our calendars where we get to catch up. And I'm not going to lie to you, it is a Every time, because my wife will come with a list that has accumulated over the days. And sometimes I can tell, like during the week, like she's looking at me like, we're going to talk about that. That is going on the list. Um, Monday, uh, my teens will even ask, like, are you guys going on your date thing today? Like it's Monday, like. Well, it's also a snow day, so we, we're home. We have to, you know, um, and we'll be crabby about it. But they even understand that, which I appreciate. And I'm just telling you, if you don't make sure that you make time for what matters most, eventually you will start to miss it. You have never found yourself fit and healthy because you just really at one point hoped to be ripped. Mm-mm. I'm going to find some time, watch. I'm going to find some time to work out. I'm going to find some time to be a little healthier and make better choices with my diets. No, you need to put it on the schedule to make sure. Otherwise, when something else comes up, you skip the workouts and you start saying things like, I have no idea how I got so out of shape. And I want to say permission to speak freely. No, you want to make sure that you make room For what matters most, set a time. Set it. If you don't have a time scheduled for when you're going to go work out, I give you till March. And that's being two months generous. If you just hope, you know, your expenses will match your income and you just, you figure it out. I'm just going to remember how much gas did I put in? How many times did I eat out this week? And how many bills do I have to pay? And how much did I get paid? Like, um, and we'll figure out. We'll find a way. You want to be broke. No, you want to make sure by planning via a, a budget. Uh, I'm just saying, make sure you make time to have a conversation with Jesus. Set a time. Set a time. The psalmist understood this. Psalm chapter 5 verse 2 says, In the morning... In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and I wait expectantly. Jesus scheduled time. Jesus! Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Very early in the morning. I'm going to read this slowly. And just pay attention to the intentionality of Jesus. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. 
that's intentional. Not he couldn't sleep, had a little insomnia, and so he was forced out of bed because it was loud outside. No. It was time. So he got up. And look at this. He left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That's intentional. And that's Jesus. Luke chapter 5 verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. It was a pattern in Jesus' life. You don't sneak away from the chaos of life accidentally. You schedule it. You set a time. I'm just telling you, if you're going to have conversations with Jesus this year, you're going to have to schedule it. Set a time. Set a time. When is the best time for you to have regular, uninterrupted time for conversation with Jesus? Maybe it's the morning before the chaos of the house starts. Maybe it's the evening when people have kind of settled in, gone to bed. Maybe it's lunchtime at work and it's the only window of time when people actually leave you alone. Maybe you commute, you you drive to school, you drive to work, and that window of time allows you to have a conversation with Jesus, preferably with your eyes open, right? But that may be a very good time for you. Maybe it's the middle of the afternoon between classes on campus because you know your roommates aren't around and it's just a good time. Set that as your time, but make sure you set a time. If you're going to get to know Jesus a little bit more personally this year, you're going to have to have conversation and you're going to want to set a time. When are you going to do it? How often are you going to do it? And be realistic, by the way. And maybe for you, you're starting out and you're like, I'm going to do three times a week. Three days a week, I'm going to set a time. You know, four days a week, two days a week. Start realistic. Right? Be re- I can't say that enough. Don't be over spiritual because you heard somebody say one time, I spent three hours with the Lord every day. Liar. Right? Because if you start that, if you start with like a couch to a 5K in one day, it's not a good idea. Start with something realistic and manageable. I'm going to do it a few times a week, and I'm going to do it for this amount of time, but set a day, set a time, and stick with it. And in two weeks, we might ask you about it. You know how sometimes we say, hey, you know, before you sit down, say hello to somebody next to you and ask them this or say this to you. Maybe in two weeks, that's what we'll do. And ask the person next to you, hey, when's your time for prayer? Because listen to me, if in two weeks, you don't yet know when your time is, I, I wish I could literally say, let's pause right now. Everybody take out your planner or your, 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 your beeper or your pager or whatever you use. But I can't say strongly enough, set a time. Um, I've recommitted to starting my morning with prayer. Before I get out of bed and before I pick up my phone, I take a little time to have conversation with Jesus. And you may feel like, I'm going to a different church after this. But for me right now, 10 to 15 minutes. That's it. I'm not saying like I spend two and a half hours just pouring over. I'm talking about it's just a short window of time because I want to make sure my day starts a certain way every single day. And so I've set that time. Um, 
And then we live in a beautiful era to know Jesus right now. Set a reminder. Isn't that amazing? We live in a day where you you can never forget again. Set a time. Last year we had a conversation about how key it is to continue to bring praise to the Lord on a regular basis and forget not our benefits. And in that series, I remember I was convicted to set a reminder to praise the Lord. So every day, nine o'clock, my phone will go off. And to this day, it'll joke me. Like, what is this? Oh, like it's been months and I still need a reminder about something I do every day. It's beautiful. We live in an era where you can set reminders however you do that. And then have conversation with Jesus. Set a time. Second thing I would say is talk all the time. Is he drinking, right? Because which one is it? Schedule a time or talk to Jesus all the time? And the answer is yes. Ah, you may have heard my wife and I, we schedule Monday as kind of like our date day. But I'm just asking you, how weird would it be if on Wednesday my wife called me and she said to me, you never guess what just happened to me. And I said, why are you talking to me? It's not Monday. Click. (laughs) That would be weird. That would be weird. It's both. Monday makes sure we don't miss connecting. But we still have a relationship and there is organic conversation in which we invite each other into the various aspects of our life. Sometimes we miss them, sometimes we don't. But there is constant conversation in the course of life. Um, If I'm going to get to know Jesus, I'm going to learn to invite him as much as possible into the aspects of my day. On a regular basis. Man may this be true about us this year. Not just that we schedule a time. To make sure. That we have conversation with Jesus. But that we learn to talk to Jesus. All the time about everything. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. One version says. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There may be a lot of things that are mysterious to you about the will of God for your life. But one of them is he wants you to invite Jesus into constant places of conversation in your life. Man, pray without ceasing. That used to intimidate me. I'm not going to lie. Like, come on, how am I supposed to pray all the time? Like, I'll get nothing else done. Um, when I'm at home, I'm just confessing, I'm a cereal grazer, y'all. Um, I'm a cereal snacker. If I'm in or around the kitchen, no snack is safe. Uh, a little granola here, you know, a little bite of this there, a little piece of banana here, you know, because I'm not greedy, you know. Um, <laughs> a little bit here, a little bit there, 600 times, you know, um, is the way it tends to work. Uh, I sit down for 15 minutes, um, it occurs to me like I've earned myself a snack. And so um, I will walk by. This is owed to me as a reward for sitting down. Um, 
By the end of the day, I've eaten like six full meals, like it's 600 installments of snacks. I snack continually. I'm a cereal snacker, admittedly. Um, don't judge me. Some of you are cereal scrollers, right? Maybe you can't relate to the snacking, but social media boy, you know that thing you do when you keep going back and checking your feed, like just in case you missed something from one of those people that you don't know and don't even like. But, you know, I mean, but they may have posted something critical. And so you go back over and over and over again, and then you scroll further and further and further down in case maybe you missed something while you were sleeping. So you got to come back and make sure. I'm just saying some of you are serial scrollers. I'm just saying. Some of you are like, I don't know, these phones, but you're serial scorching. Checker, you're on Sports Center. If there's games happening, you know what the score is because you keep checking back. And maybe I don't know. They called a timeout two seconds ago. Maybe someone intercepted the timeout and ran it down for pick six. Like I don't know, but you're constantly checking the score. And for some of you, you're serial newsers. I mean, and so your news network of choice is always piping either on your TV or in the radio because you just don't want to miss breaking news. Who knows what could have happened? A good report, and so it's constantly serial intake of that information. Oh, no, for me, it's a stock market. I've got to constantly figure out what's happening in the stock market. And so I'm constantly checking and refreshing and checking again. And for some of you, it's just I'm a serious smartphoneer. My phone cannot sit down by itself uninterrupted for more than two minutes. My ringer is on, but you never know. Maybe it turned itself off. And I've missed like 16 text messages from people who never text me. You never know. So I've just got to check. I've got to make sure that I'm not missing something. And you're a serial smartphone. You cannot leave it alone. Like church is killing you. It's why you skip. I can't be away from my phone for that long. You know, um, I'm just saying. We know exactly what Jesus and Paul mean when they say pray continually. This thing, be a serial prayer. Be a serial prayer. I think in our generation, we understand this probably better than ever. And if you're not quite sure, like, how do I start being a a serial prayer, inviting Jesus into into conversation about everything? I, I would say then, follow whatever thing you do serially right now. And have a conversation with Jesus. I'll give you an example. If you're a serial smartphone or you know you pick up your phone often, consider this. When you are tempted to pick up your phone, just tell Jesus why. Hey, Jesus, I'm just going to pick up my phone to check. And by the way, you're going to learn how quickly ridiculous it all is. But I'm just picking up my phone just in case. I don't know. I just had to pick it up. Gotta get the shakes. I'm picking up my phone because I have to go to the restroom. Like, whatever it is. Like, I dare you. When you pick up your phone, just tell Jesus about it. If you're a cereal snacker, when you go to get a snack, just thank him for it. Thank you for this snack. And then tell him what snacks you wish you had more of around the house. (laughs) More caviar would be nice. Right? If you check the stock market often, that's a great place to just invite him. Like, what are you hoping to find. What are you hoping will change? Jesus, I really hope that this is safe or that it changes or that I get a little bit more of this. Tell him about it. Tell him about it, whatever it may be, right? I mean, if you're a serial score checker, talk to Jesus about that. Ask him, who's your favorite team? He'll tell you, I only watch tennis, you know, but at least you get to know him a little bit better that way. I'm saying try that for a week. If you're constantly picking up your phone, pick up your phone and think at least a couple of times you do that. Like, 
Jesus, I'm, I'm wondering if my mom's okay. And you might find yourself saying, and, and help her by the way, because well, you know how she gets, you know, or whatever the case might be, right? Oh, the stock market, whatever it is. And you will find yourself learning to invite Jesus into these spaces of conversation. And it will probably start to occur to you that this is the same Jesus who cares about every follicle of hair on your head. In case you didn't think he cares about your snacks. He cares about everything. He wants us to invite him into everything. I'm getting into my car. You know how the traffic can be. Lord, please help me. You know, or I'm scared about this. I'm nervous about an exam. You know, whatever it is. Perpetual prayer is really this idea of like, I'm constantly thinking about things. We'll turn the constant thinking of things into to, to statements of prayer. God, I'm freaking out about this. Jesus, I don't know how I'm ever going to manage this. And help me with my teens. And help me with this. Whatever it is. If we're going to get to know Jesus a little bit more personally this year, it's going to be about inviting Jesus into those personal spaces that we live in on a regular basis. And just start with the things that you tend to do pretty frequently, pretty instinctively. All right, one more thing. Um, Learn to listen. Learn to listen. Uh, You may have heard that prayer is a conversation. Prayer is having a conversation with Jesus. Here's the thing about a conversation. A conversation is a two-way thing. A conversation is a back and forth. It's a speaking and listening. Once again, if my wife said to me, man, I've really been having such a hard time with, and then I said to her, shh, why are you speaking? I'm trying to have a conversation. Clearly, I would not understand the concept of a conversation. Right? A conversation is a two-way thing. Come on, church. We've lost that truth. When we think about prayer, we become so convinced it is just talking at Jesus. And heaven wants us to know Jesus wants to talk back. The question is, will we learn to listen this year? Will we learn to listen? Some simple ways to do that. Because man, this is one of the pressing questions that creates angst even in my, 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 my kids. Like you say that we're supposed to pray and we're supposed to listen to, 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 to Jesus. But how, how? How do I listen to him? How does he get to talk to me? One of the toughest questions. But here's some good places to start. Number one, silence. Silence. Listen in the silence. In your scheduled conversations with Jesus, if you schedule 10 minutes, I would say start with at least three minutes of those where you just listen. And you ask him, Jesus, is there anything you want to say to me? And then be quiet. Do you know how hard quiet is for us? By quiet, I don't mean, let me Google quiet and how Jesus made. No, just quiet. Just listen. If I knocked on your door you would, and I asked you, what are you doing? You would say, I'm listening to Jesus. It is that quietly active. You are making a decision to be quiet and 
Listen, is that something you practice? I dare you to try just a few moments in your scheduled time of silence. Just listen. Another way to, to, to listen is scripture. Listen in the scriptures. Every time you read or listen to the Bible, Jesus, speak to me. Every time you listen or you read the Bible, make that prayer. Jesus, would you speak to me? The Bible is called the word of the Lord, interestingly enough. 66 books of things he is saying to us. Not to mention the whole book is ultimately about the person of Jesus. The Bible wants nothing more than to speak Jesus to us. Every time you come to the Bible, ask Jesus to speak to you personally and expect him to do it. Um, my wife and, and, and teens are trying to read through the Bible um, again this year. And uh, I find myself tempted to kind of get through the reading for the day. Instead of asking Jesus, would you speak to me? Would you reveal yourself to me in your word? I love the technology era because, again, it's fascinating. As much as I throw shade on the era, it is one of the best eras for some of the truths of Scripture. Uh, My teens will tell me about people that they know really well. You know, yeah, we talk all the time. And then after like a few months, I will find out like when they say talk, when you've never actually had a face-to-face conversation with this person, like, nah. We talk via text or via snap. And I'm like, what? That's not a real conversation. Turns out I have some learning to do. It, it actually is a real conversation. And so I've often missed the way Jesus speaks to me because I want him to speak audibly. I'm listening for you to say something out loud. And I miss the ways that he's speaking to me in the scriptures. It's, it's beautiful. The Bible is, is Jesus speaking. We've called it the text for a long time because Jesus texted us before we even got here. I don't have to see him face to face or even hear his voice. He's communicating all the time. And it's me asking, would you make clear what you want to say to me as I come to your book? And then, and the last thing I would say is to to listen in the spirit. John chapter 15, verse 26. When the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he, the Holy Spirit, will testify about me, Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And one of his favorite things to do is reveal who Jesus is, what Jesus is like, what Jesus feels, what Jesus longs for. The Holy Spirit loves to reveal Jesus and he lives in us. This is a revelation. I'm telling y'all. I think this is probably the way that Jesus will speak to us most and most frequently. Again, I have become convinced that Jesus speaking is something he's going to do verbally or out loud. And yet if you read, there's so many recorded prayers of Jesus in the New Testament. But there is a shortage of times that God spoke verbally or out loud to Jesus. 
And yet it says Jesus did nothing on his own accord, only what he was led to do. I'm like, how was Jesus constantly being led? How was the Father constantly speaking to Jesus? I think it was a spirit just giving him the senses of what to do and what was the heart of the Father as he journeyed through this life. We're going to invite the team out. We'll close in a song here in a few moments. Um, But I I believe the Holy Spirit living in us. I become so convinced. Like I'm looking to my five senses. And those are going to be the primary ways that he's going to speak to me. But I think it's the spirit of the living God in us. One of the reasons we have to know the scriptures by the way. So I can recognize when something is like. "Mm, I don't think that's of God. That's not of Jesus. But I believe the spirit of God living in us is going to, he's obsessed with revealing Jesus to us, with revealing the word of Jesus to us as we continue to make space to listen. It's one of the reasons as a church, we cannot move the Holy Spirit to the periphery if we want to move Jesus to the center because the Spirit loves to make Jesus central and reveal him to his people. If we want to listen to Jesus and have Jesus have a conversation with us, his Spirit is going to be speaking. But we're going to have to learn to listen in the silence. We're going to practice that right now. Like I said, the team's going to lead us in a song as we close. But before they do, we just want to take a window to be silent and ask Jesus, would you by your spirit speak to me? Is there anything that you want to say to me? Is there something from this morning that you want me to particularly zone in on? And then we want to just take some time to listen. And don't be surprised if he brings something to the surface. Don't be surprised if he reveals something that feels a little bit uncomfortable. But let's just, let's just listen. And don't be surprised, by the way, if he maybe reveals something to you that's for us as a church. I'm going to be down here. You can feel free to come and tell me. Uh, I would love to hear what that might be. And then, man, as we sing, I'll invite the prayer team and the elders to come forward. If anyone wants to, maybe the spirit is stirring and you want somebody to pray with, we would love to pray with you. But let's just take a moment to be silent and ask, Jesus, would you speak to me even now? And expect that he may just want to do that. So let's be silent and then the team will lead us in a song.